everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Monday. It is March 2nd. It's 2020. We have seven basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Kyle Murray. How are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Yeah, NBA uh, weekend DFS is so hectic and crazy, so I'm excited to you know get back to the weekday stuff and nice little slate here. Yeah, like I've talked about this so many so many times on this podcast. Through, I, I feel like this year and in years past, like these six to eight game NBA slates are like my jam. Like these yeah. are the slates that I really like. Um, and I don't feel like I don't play NBA on the weekend, so I don't feel like, you know, coming back and looking at like a seven game slate is like overwhelming. So like this is a perfect slate for me to get this week started. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All right, let's jump in. We get started here with Houston at New York taking on the Knicks. 230 and a half total here. Houston favored by eight and a half. Uh, no injury news on Houston on the Knicks side of things. Bullock is questionable and DSJ is already ruled out. Uh, let's start here with Houston. You know, Westbrook has been playing really well here uh, recently. Back-to-back 60-point games, over 55 fantasy points in five of the last seven games. And just kind of hanging out at 10K. Uh, what do you like here for Houston? Yeah, it just feels like Westbrook has been the guy for fantasy for, man, it feels like almost a month now, maybe even more. So, you know, yeah, Westbrook, obviously a good spot here against against the Knicks. Defense isn't great, uh, especially with Nilakina, I believe, still sidelined or banged up. Or it looks like he actually came back last game. So, um, Nilakina's not getting the minutes at least, so that always benefits the guards on the other side here. So, I think Westbrook would be the guy that I would lean to over Harden despite the price. And it's a $500 difference. But I still think I would lean Westbrook just the way things have been. I don't think it's anything too in-depth other than Harden's just not making shots right now. I do think, you know, if Harden gets going, he could obviously outscore Westbrook from a fantasy perspective any given night. But uh, for me, I'm just going to stick with Westbrook. He can get, get it done in more ways than it seems Harden can right now. Uh, on FanDuel, they're, they're only $100 different, and it, and it comes down to a little bit more of lineup construction where you have to decide which – uh, position you want to give away for the for the stud so obviously it's going to come down to which spot you want to you know give a pay up there so for me on FanDuel uh, it, it's going to be com- come down to more of a later decision where I feel like I can fill out the, those spots better for me so right now those two alone I'm going Westbrook yeah Westbrook I, I think he's fine I think Covington um, his price is kind of caught up to the production his rebounds are up, you know, ever since joining Houston, Capella being shipped off, like Covington's rebounds are definitely up here. So I don't hate him. I think this is a good matchup just in general um, going up against New York. P.J. Tucker, I know nobody likes playing P.J. Tucker, but he's going to play a ton of minutes here up against New York if this game stays close. Um, what do you like here for the Knicks? Yeah, it's, it's a good spot here. Um I just don't really love the Knicks too much. I guess Randall is a good option, and usually he's contrarian. Um, Alfred Payton has been playing really well. The price is up. He had a down game last game, but other than that, he was, you know, he went for 40 points two of the last four, and then uh, 30 plus, you know, seems like five or six games in a row after that. So a lot of good games for Alfred Payton before the last one. So you can go back to him here. The price is up a little bit, um, but. These guys should be contrarian. The Knicks usually are contrarian. Nobody really wants to play the Knicks, but it's a really good matchup. So I like I like Randall here and Alfred Payton a little bit as well. All right. Yeah, you know, I talked about Randall. Um, I think it was Friday. They were, I think it was Friday they were playing Philly. Whatever, the, when they were playing Philly, I thought he was really interesting. Um, he had a really good game the other day. I don't mind him in this spot. You know, I don't think – 
you know, Robinson's the worst play. It really depends on like what they do here. Like, yeah. are they going to force the the Houston team to go big? Because they they kind of did that last time. Robinson played like twenty six minutes, um, and like Randall ended up, I think, playing like twenty eight minutes. So if they force Houston to go big, they don't really have anybody to match up with Robinson. So I think Robinson's an interesting tournament play. I think. RJ Barrett, if he gets the minutes here, he has upside. Um, you know, he just got to keep shooting, rookie. Got to shoot. Yeah, and he played the same Houston team like a week ago. Uh, that was without Upper Payton, so he got, you know, a few more looks there, but did really well in the first quarter and then in the first half, and then he kind of died down in the second half. So it's obviously a good spot for him, and I, I can get behind uh, RJ Barrett in this one. All right, we got Portland at Orlando, 223.5 total here. Orlando favored by seven in this game. Collins, Hood, Lillard all remain out. Simons is questionable. Uh, Minu and Isaac remain out for the Orlando Magic. Let's start here with Portland. Uh, what are we looking at here uh, for the Trailblazers? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can play C.J. McCollum here, even though the price is high. I know he uh, struggled a little bit over the last two games, um, but – or at the game before last, but last game against Atlanta. He's going to play a ton of minutes, be around 40. With this new price tag, you do need him around 45, 50 points. Um, so that is a little bit of a, of a question mark there. But we've seen this Orlando team play a little faster over the last week or so, and you know they're trying to put up more points, and in turn they're giving up more points as well. I like Gary Trent in this one. He is a guy who most of his production comes from scoring. Uh, last game he played 30 minutes, was in foul trouble a little bit, um, scored 15 points and only had 14 fantasy points because he had three turnovers and didn't really do anything outside of the scoring. But, you know, maybe if he gets a, a good game where he gets a few steals or a few rebounds, I think he has the upside and he's going to play a ton of minutes. And if Simon sits, the minutes should be even better for Gary Trent. I think he's a good value option in this one. Yeah, we look at the last, um, you know, five games from the end of Magic since February 15th, the middle of last month or – um, they're playing at the ninth fastest pace in the NBA. Just so, you know, just kind of reiterate what you were talking about. So, um, so for me, like CJ McCollum is, is a guy that can put up 50 in this spot. Um, I think, you know, obviously if you look at the last game, these two teams played, he put up 50 in that game. Um, he played 37 minutes and put up 50 and that was with Lillard. So, you know, McCollum has upside, um, I think he has a really strong floor here. You know, it, it is only a seven-game slate. We do have, you know, a really juicy game that we're going to talk about. That Memphis-Atlanta game is super juicy. Um, but I think, like, if we're looking for, you know, solid floor, I think you have to, you know, consider that. And, you know, Whiteside, he scored at least 47 fantasy points in five straight games without Lillard. So, you know, consistency and floor. Ceiling probably not as high for Whiteside as it is for McCollum. Um, just, you know, usage and just pure volume of shot attempts. Outside of those two guys, like, man, I keep I keep playing Ariza. Like, I, I'm a sucker for Trevor Ariza. Like, he, he's cheap and he plays 37 minutes a night. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and he's he's kind of the opposite of Gary Trent, where he can get it going with rebounds and steals and whatnot. He's actually he's actually averaging you know almost one and a half steals per game, and obviously his upside for more of that when you consider the past you know whatever games he's been playing as a trailblazer after the trade, he's been getting more minutes. So I'm sure his steal count is higher uh, in those games. So I, I actually like him a little bit as well. I think he's a really good play on Fanduel where you get you know an extra point for those steals. But yeah, I'm with you. He's going to play a ton of minutes. 
and you know he's got that steal upside. McCollum we'll over the last five games is a 34% usage, and I'll, it'll be interesting to see where his ownership falls because we do have like pretty good amount of studs and a lot of studs at, at the guard position. We have Luca, we have uh, Trey Young, we have Westbrook and Harden. So I wouldn't be surprised to see McCollum come in lower owned, especially on DraftKings. And so maybe we uh, get him at low ownership, and that would be something that I think would be interesting. Large field tournament play only if Simons ends up sitting. Mario Hazonia, 3K, uh, played 15 or 13 minutes the other night after um, you know Simons left the game. Simon plays around 25 minutes. If Mario played 20 minutes at 3K, shot the ball decently here against his former team, the team that drafted him. Um, you know, uh, he's just a 3K crapper. You know, take a random large field tournament shot. He puts up 21 fantasy points and gets you 7x and plays 20 minutes and shoots the ball well. Um, he's going to be like 3 or 4% owned here. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm with you. Um, on the Orlando Magic side of things, like Aaron Gordon has been playing really good basketball here recently. We talked about them pushing the pace a little bit. He's struggling in that San Antonio game just to get it going overall, um, which – kind of lowered his price tag a little bit, but over 50 fantasy points now in four of the last uh, six games. Um, the price is caught up. We don't shy away from big man against um, Portland. Um, you know, they allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing power forwards. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Magic? Yeah, I'm glad to see Aaron Gordon come down to earth a little bit because for a minute I was getting really confused about what was going on. Once he po- posted the triple-double, I was thinking that someone else was playing in his uniform uh, but yeah, he's been playing. He's pissed that he didn't win the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he was doing pretty well before the the All Star break as well. You know, a forty five and then fifty four point game before that too. So he was just really turning it up. I'm okay with playing him here. I really feel like people are afraid of this price tag for him. And then once they see that he kind of busted in that last game against the Spurs, you mentioned it. Great matchup against Portland uh, and power forward. You know, you're gonna have mellow defense on you for the majority of this game. So yeah, <laughs> I can I can definitely get behind it. If he's going to be one of those super popular plays where people are catching on to a trend and he gets, you know, becomes a mega chalk, I probably won't touch it. You know, it is Aaron Gordon after all. We have seen him really have bad games um, earlier in the year and earlier in his career. So I, I'm hoping he's not chalk, but if he's going to be lower owned, I like it a lot. All right. Um, outside of him, though, like, I don't hate Vooch here. I think it's okay. I don't think it's the greatest spot. Fournier has some upside. Ross has some upside. You know, Ross has actually been shooting the ball really well here recently, um, over 50% from the field in three of the last four games. Ross is taking the shots right now. Um, the Magic are letting him play. So I, I don't hate Terrence Ross here. Um, I, I could see this game going kind of small too, like, you know, especially with the bench. So I could definitely see Terrence Ross, um, you know, hitting value here and Fultz's price is way down, but like the production for Fultz has gone down with the emergence of like Ross taking a lot more shots and Gordon doing more. So Fultz has been playing good. It's just, it's not like he's like crushing fantasy value. Yeah, definitely. Utah at Cleveland, 219 total here. Utah favored by eight and a half. Um, No injury news that I'm seeing here on the Utah side of things, but you know, the whole team is out for Cleveland here. Uh, Exum's out, Garland's out, McKinney is out, and Tristan Thompson is out. Uh, let's start here with Utah. You know, we, we always like playing teams um, when they're facing Cleveland. Cleveland allows the most fantasy points per game uh, to opposing point guards. They're top 10, uh, you know, as far as shooting guards, the second most to small forwards. Like, they're just a team that, 
you know, overall they're allowing the second most fantasy points per game. So I think we look at like a Donovan Mitchell here. Um, if we are, if we're going more like a, a balanced build and we're not like playing Giannis on this slate or maybe like a Luca, like if we're going balanced, I think we look at Mitchell. Yeah. I, I like, I like uh, Mitchell here a lot. You know, obviously you mentioned it, good matchup and people have been pretty down on him over the past couple of weeks. His ownership really hasn't gotten very high in any slate at all. Uh, obviously it could change considering he has a really good matchup in this one, but I mean, I just want to reiterate everything you said. I think he's a good play from basically all the points that you made. So I like Mitchell a pretty good amount uh, from the jazz side of things. The rest of them, I like Bogdanovich a little bit. I prefer him on Fanduel where he's a little bit cheaper. Um, probably won't play Gobert here. I just don't really love Gobert. You know, a lot of his, um, his production comes in blocks and, you know, it, it can be a game like last game where he gets four blocks and three steals and, you know, does pretty well because of those. But um, for the most part, if he's going to be popular, especially in a, in a matchup against Cleveland, I won't have too much trouble fading Gobert. Just don't really love playing him uh, very much. So for me, be Mitchell and Bogdanovich. So it, should Mike Conley be a guy that like we should be looking at in like cash games here? Like he's like a six X machine right now. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they moved him back from the starting lineup for good, and after you know, kind of bounced back from that second injury, the minutes have been really strong for him. Um, I know people were a little scared once they decided to. Uh, move Royce O'Neal into the starting lineup and take out they took out Ingles. But you know, the minutes have been so strong. So I can get behind Conley. The ceiling it never really feels like you're gonna get like a fifty point game from him, but you mentioned he's a more of a cash game play. So I like it a lot as cash. Yeah, if you maybe if you end up in that range and you end yeah. up on him, you know, I'm not gonna talk you off of it. Uh Jingles, you know, moving to that second unit I don't think is the worst thing for him either. Um, on the Cleveland side of things, obviously a lot of injuries here, um, a lot of key injuries. I think the thing that we need to note here is, you know, Andre Drummond played 36 minutes against the Pacers the other night. Um, I'm pretty sure we, Thompson didn't play in that game, right? Right. Yeah, so I was, I was looking at it. Like I said, I don't play NBA on the weekends. It's a tough matchup going up against Rudy Gobert, but Andre Drummond at 35 minutes at 8K, um, I don't care who he's playing against. Yeah, I mean, last time I checked the defensive efficiencies compared to last year, Gobert was like four points worse this year than he was last year. So he's still, you know, a solid defender. But this so far this year, he hasn't been as elite as he has in years past. And a lot of that will come down to Utah isn't as good of a defensive team as they were over the last two years. But, yeah, I mean, if Drummond's going to play mid-30s minutes, I, I don't really care about the matchup too much either. This is a guy who, when he was getting those minutes in Detroit, you know, he was 10K. 10 and a half K. So yeah, 8K here. I love it. You know, I think he makes his team better too. So I think that'll help this game stay close when he's getting the minutes. So yeah, he's probably my main target here. You could take a shot at, at Nance. If you think maybe he takes a few minutes away from Drummond, uh, he would be probably a good uh, leverage play. But other than that, um, I think it's just Drummond for me. A little bit interesting, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, taking, when they take out guys like Exum and McKinney and now Garland's out as well, he kind of has to play. So I think he's a, a pretty solid target here as well. I think he gets a bigger bump than a guy like Sexton does, and he's cheaper. So I'd rather play Kevin Porter Jr. here in this one. Yeah, the other guy that, like, because Porter's already playing a bunch of minutes um, with the injuries and stuff. Like, yeah. is this a spot they, like, play Deladova more? Yeah, I, I think that could be a good one. It, it's really going to come down to if they're comfortable with playing Kevin Porter Jr. at a point guard type spot, which it, it'd be tough to say because they have gone big you know, over the past couple of weeks after the Drummond trade. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Kevin Porter get point guard minutes. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen Delvadova really pick up minutes after the Exum injury. He's played 18, 19, and 25. 
So the floor kind of feels like that. And obviously he has upside for more if they decide to give him more minutes with the Garland injury. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Delvadova play, you know, 28, 29, maybe even 30 minutes here. Um, I don't know how much of a, a fancy asset he is at that, but he does, you know, he doesn't really scale back from shooting or anything. And he's a pretty good passer, so he's pretty active. So don't hate it by any means. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at it like, you know, I was looking at it before we got started. I was like trying to figure out where the minutes are going to go. And it's like Kevin Porter's playing, you know, low to mid 30s a night. You bump him up, say, four minutes. He plays 35 minutes. It's still you know, 25 minutes to go around, yeah. um, you know, for finding out where they're going to go. Is it, is it going to be Matt Mooney or is it going to be Della Dova? Um, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be Della Dova to me. Yeah. You give Della Dova 25 minutes at 3,400, like he's a, he's a guy that's in play. Should we have mentioned um, Jordan Clarkson on the other side of this game, like pure revenge? It's just yeah. his price and the minutes are just not there right now. Right, yeah, I think for me it's – if Conley's out, I love Clarkson, but uh, other than that, you're really relying on him just to be massively productive while he's on the floor, uh, just considering he's not going to get those, you know, 20, 29 minutes. Um, and he can be massively productive here. You know, he has a good match against Cleveland and whatnot, but I'm I'm sure we're going to come across guys that just feel a little bit better about uh, rather than just counting on super efficiency purposes. But back to the Cleveland side, I think a guy who could pick up minutes is Jetty Osmond. You know, if they are comfortable with maybe him, bringing the ball up or, or even Kevin Porter. This was a guy early in the year when uh, we saw Love out, we saw Nance out for a little bit. He was playing 40 minutes uh, a night for like a week or two. So he could get massive minutes here. I don't think they'd be uh, too afraid to do that. So I think Hammer Della Vidova would probably benefit the most minutes-wise. All right, uh, moving on. I feel like that's the best we could break that down night before. Um, Milwaukee at Miami. No total in this game. Um, it's a back-to-back for Milwaukee. Chris Middleton didn't play Sunday, so we're going to put him as questionable here. Um, on the Miami side of things, Hero and Myers Leonard are both still out, uh, starting with Milwaukee. This one's tough because, you know, obviously it's just going to really depend on if Middleton plays or not for me, um, you know, because I don't want to play Giannis at 11-4 today. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the matchup isn't amazing, and that I kind of like that with Giannis. You know, I feel like the closer the games are, the better he's going to be, you know, obviously with the minutes and whatnot. Agreed. Um, I mean, I'll, I love playing Giannis in tough matchups because usually people are down on him, and that's when you get him at lower-ish ownership. But one thing, I just noticed that all of his great games come on the weekend when he's out on the main slate, you know, 77 points in the Sunday game against uh, Charlotte. And, he, you know, he played 35 minutes in that one. The team only scored 95 points, and he just went off. So it just shows that as long as he's getting minutes and the game's close, it doesn't really matter anything about the matchup. So if Middleton's out, I talked about this uh, when he was out in, during the Oklahoma City game, but it just feels like it's harder for them to take him off the floor in close games. You know, in the close games, we've seen him even get, you know, 29, 30 minutes just because they have guys like Middleton and Bledsoe to fall on. So I do like it that he's out. He doesn't really get a massive bump usage-wise or anything like that. But uh, the guy that I like is Dante DiVincenzo. From a, from a usage and, and permanent standpoint. It hasn't really showed in the last two games, but he played 28 minutes in this game when the game stayed close. So if this is going to be a game that we're counting on being close, uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Dante Tacupo are probably my two favorites from the Bucks side. Yeah, if Middleton's out, I think you have to be looking at Giannis here. 38.2% usage, 1.88 fantasy <laughs> points per minute. Um, and, and, like – if you're projecting a close game um, and thinking this game stays close, like obviously you have to look at him. It's just 
and they blew the thunder out, um, you know, the other night. So, like, he just didn't have to play the minutes. He was on his yeah. way. Yep. Um, he was definitely on his way. So, he's a guy that I don't mind here um, is uh, Eric Bledsoe. But, like, the minutes um, have been super concerning for me. So, like, he's really, like, a tournament play only. Um, he's a guy that, like, I'm a little – Worried about the minutes. The only thing that I'm thinking here is, like, it's a back-to-back. Is George Hill going to play 25 minutes again on the second end of a back-to-back? He's done it recently, so maybe, um, you know, you could potentially see, like, Pat Cunnington play, like, 25 minutes too. So, a lot of minutes to go around for Milwaukee. Um, I like uh, the DiVincenzo call um, at 4,500. But, again, it's just, like, Where's it going to come from? It's going to come from Giannis. That's where it's going to come from if Middleton doesn't play. So, uh, the Miami side of things, like if you're playing Giannis, if Middleton's out and you want to run it back, um, I think you could run it back here with Bam. Uh, I think he's a guy that's really interesting in this spot. We have a lot of center plays that we've already kind of talked about. I think it's a really tough spot for Butler. Um, I, like I like the the Bam upside more than I like the Butler upside in this matchup. What's your thoughts here? Yeah. I- I, I love playing Bam, but I just I think it's a tough matchup for both of them. Uh, and if Middleton does sit, he's kind of their their better perimeter defender outside of you know compared to Bledsoe. And you know it's hard to really love either of them, but I, I think I would just take the uh, the the guard here and take Butler. I think the the position and also the salary difference. You know, six hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings. I think he's like eight hundred dollars cheaper on Fanduel. So obviously they play a completely different position, so that won't matter too much when it comes down to that. But when it comes down to spending. Um, I think Butler is the guy who I prefer. Obviously, a pace-up spot here, despite it being a tough defensive matchup. The pace-up could be beneficial for both of these guys. And I think I would just lean Butler purely because you just get a discount. Yeah, like I completely understand that. I think Kendrick Nunn um, at, at 5,400 here with Tyler Hero already ruled out. Um, you know, in close games, he, he's been getting the minutes. Uh, he struggled in that Dallas game the other night, like – you know, I don't, I don't even – I didn't watch that game, so I don't know why he didn't get a ton of minutes in that game, but it was the first end of the back-to-back, and Hero was out, so maybe they just kind of limited him a little bit. But I think Kendrick Nunn, um, at his price, he's definitely worth a look here, um, especially if Middleton doesn't play. And, you know, Gordon Drogic, uh, you know, over 30 fantasy points in four of the last five games at 5,500. He's another guy that's probably going to get you – Probably 6X here. Yeah, I don't know if he goes 7 or 8X, but um, it really just kind of depends on what type of roster build you're looking at today. Yeah, I agree. I think you can really have interest in Dragic, Nunn, Crowder, and even Robinson as well. It's just going to come down to which one's going to really have the big game. They're all going to play decent minutes. Obviously, it could scale between games who gets the most out of those four. But, you know, the, the, with Hero out, all four of them are pretty much in line for good work because they start – they play Olenek a little bit at the center, but then Bam will play center the majority of the games. So they go a little bit, a little bit smaller. There's Crowder at the four, so uh, I like Crowder a little bit in this one. I like his price on Fanduel more than I do on DraftKings, but uh, I think he'd be the one I would lean out of those guys. But you could really, like, if you're MMing, maybe set a rule with you only want one of those four or maybe two if you're feeling really uh, happy-go-lucky about this game. But for me, I'd lean Crowder. All right, Memphis at Atlanta, 238.5 total here. Atlanta favored by one in this game. Clark and Triple J are both out on Memphis side. Ben Bray, Capella, Deadman are out. Uh, Cam Reddish is questionable. Um, man, oh, man, this is a game that is going to be up and down, back and forth, two of the fastest teams in the NBA. Um, 
you know, two teams that don't like that whole, uh, you know, thing called defense. Um, <laughs> you know, Atlanta ranks 28th in defensive efficiency this season, Memphis 18th. So let's start here with Memphis, like 238 and a half. I'd probably take the over in this game. Um, it's just like, who don't I play? Like you're, you're going to, that, that's where I'm at. Like, you know, I, I think the guy we potentially start here with is Dylan Brooks. I think he's one of the best value plays on the slate. 5,300 going to play 35 minutes to 40 minutes in this game. And it's against Atlanta. Yeah. I like Brooks a lot. Um, you mentioned it. It's really hard to find a guy in this game that you might not like um, from Memphis. Valanciunas and, and Jang are going to somewhat kind of chop these 48 minutes without Valanciunas getting a lean, but he's played 31 and 32 minutes over the last two games. So I like him a lot. You know, it's always risky with him, and the ownership might be a little bit high on him because it's a really good matchup, and obviously it's, it's a game everyone's going to want to get a part of. So I don't mind if you fade because, you know, we do see him play 25 or 26 minutes here and there, sometimes even less. But he is, you know, enticing because he, he does so well per minute basis. I played John Morant every game except for last game that uh, Brandon Clark and Jackson have been out. So, of course, last game he goes off. I like him a lot. Um, I haven't checked his FanDuel price yet. Let me check that real quick. 6-9, I, I think that's way too low, even though it's still $1,000 more than it was last game. Obviously, he gets a big boost after the big uh, the big game against the Lakers. But, yeah, I think Morant, Brooks, Valanciunas are my three favorites. And Kyle Anderson, man, don't love it. But he's going to play 30 minutes in a game against the uh, the Hawks where they turn the ball over a lot and give up a lot of block shots. So um, can't be afraid of that one. I guess he's decent value play. Would likely be was cheaper, but I, I think I get behind that one still. Yeah, Melton's going to play 25 minutes in this game as well. So right. um, like I, uh, Josh Jackson, the guy that I probably wouldn't play here. Um, I think like, you know, Kyle Anderson, like you mentioned, he's going to play 30 minutes um, at 4,400. There was a time a few years ago um, we were playing Kyle Anderson a bunch when he was with the Spurs. So yeah. we know he has the talent. A lot of injuries um, has definitely slowed him down for sure. But I love the Valanchunas call. He's been crushing it here with these guys out. And we already know Clark and Jackson out. So, you know, if Valanchunas gets 30 minutes against Atlanta, just open up those um, ceiling points because that's it's the ceilings coming down. Uh, the Atlanta side, you know, obviously if we're looking at, you know, two, three Memphis guys, we're definitely looking at Trey Young in my opinion. Um, my other favorite play here is Hunter. Like he's going to be a guy that I'll be way overweight on in this spot, you know, especially if we get news that Reddish doesn't play. But out of the, out of the dark the other night, um, Kevin Herter finally got it going. Um, what are we looking at here for Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, I play Kevin Herter every single slate, so I'm definitely playing playing <laughs> right. him in this one here. I, I always get, you know, jokes made about that because I, I do play him often. But when the minutes – when it's, you get a guy that's going to play 35 minutes a night, in, you know, in a close game and everything goes well, it's hard to not like it. And now he gets a good matchup again against the, the Grizzlies here. So especially if Cam Reddish ends up missing this one, he's going to have to play a ton of minutes. Uh, and then DeAndre Hunter, same thing. If uh, Reddish is out, he's going to have to play a ton of minutes again. And they actually, the last game, they brought and put in uh, Reddish into the starting lineup. So if he is able to play, he's viable as well. So I think you can play all three of those guys because they still have Bembry out. Um, and then they're really short at, at center. So Capella Deadman's still out. So uh, John Collins is playing a lot at the center. They're running a little bit of a bigger lineup or a smaller lineup, sorry, with, with Reddish and Hunter starting at the three or four. So I like those three, those three shooting guards, small forward guys right there. And then obviously Trey Young. Uh, 
I think he might be one of the more popular studs here, even though we do have Westbrook and Harden on the slate. People love to play Trey Young, so I can get behind that. John Collins, I always get him wrong. I always play Trey Young whenever he has a big game, but I think he's in a decent spot here this one too. I mean, you mentioned it. It's hard to not like guys in this one. I think my favorites would be to find uh, Hunter or Herter. If Irish is out, I would love to play those guys. They're just going to have to play a ton of minutes. Yeah, you know, like – Reddish sits, you know, you can just go ahead and I'll tell you Hunter is going to be in my lineup. So yeah. there you go. You can you can lock that in for me. Um, yeah, obviously this is game. Obviously there's a lot of value here. There's a lot of great plays in this game. This is going to be one of the top game stacks. But, like, feels like every night we, we, we talk about that and, and, like, we go and we open up the ownership on the next day and it's like, oh, Memphis, Atlanta, not as high as I thought. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for here because I really like this game. Uh, Dallas at Chicago, no total in this one. Um, it's a back-to-back for Dallas, correct? Right. Um, Luca didn't play Sunday. Um, we'll have to kind of see if he plays here. Um, they're obviously being very, very careful with Luca. Um, I didn't see any other injury news come out. I know Brunson uh, still dealing with um, the injuries. It sounds like he's not going to play again this season from the last thing that I read. Maybe he does. Willie Cauley-Stein, you know, he's supposed to come back for this game um, was the report that I read before we got started here. On the Chicago side of things, Dunn is out. Hutchinson's out. Cornette's out. Markkinen's doubtful. Um, Otto Porter Jr. is questionable. Um, he might actually be back and play in this game. We'll have to kind of see. Um, but the fact that he's not doubtful or out is, you know, just something that we needed to note. So let's start here with Dallas. Obviously, we're waiting on the Luka news. Um, if Luka doesn't play, Porzingis at 8,600. He just, again, we're, we're just looking at, like, more of that, like, balanced build uh, because this is a guy that's coming off of a 75 fantasy point game. Obviously, have five blocks in that game, but with Luke off the floor, it's just hard not to look at a guy like Porzingis. Yeah, originally when you know Luca hurt his hand in the game against the Spurs and then came out and but came back in, uh, and then he was questionable for the Miami game. I thought it might have been just uh, he's just on the injury report just to note it, but it might actually be somewhat serious or. Or maybe they're just giving him a day off. Not really sure. But that game against Miami, it was like National Slovenian Day or something in Dallas, I guess. They had like a 1,000 people from Slovenia come out for the Dragic versus Doncic game. So uh, maybe he is actually hurt. Maybe it was just a day off. Not really sure. But if he, if he sits, you got to love Porzingis. 75 fantasy points in that game on Sunday uh, with Luka out. Uh, we saw Dalon Wright get into the starting lineup with Brunson injured as well and played 32 minutes, which is huge for Wright because – that's the big thing. He's never really gotten the minutes at all, even when Luca misses games because of Brunson, but take them out and, uh, and Wright's getting massive minutes. I would like him a ton if, uh, if Luca sits here again. And if Luca plays, I think, I think I would like him here. I think he'd probably be the lowest owner of the bunch considering he has the, the hand injury. Um, you know, we got Trey Young, we have Harden, Westbrook all on the slate. I think we could see Luca come in pretty low owned. Um, the, the matchup against Chicago is actually tougher than people assume because Chicago sucks so bad, but they're actually decent defensively. But with Chris Dunn off the floor, they take a massive hit defensively. So I would like Luca a lot, especially if he's going to be low owned. Yeah, the thing, man, it, it's just so interesting. Like Dallas is in that seventh seed. They are eight games up on Memphis. They're looking like they're going to play the Nuggets or the Clippers right now. So keeping Luca and Porzingis healthy for that 
you know, series that that's what they're, I feel like that's what they're more, more focused on right now. Um, so is this a, a spot where like we see them flip flop Porzingis sits and Luca plays like, you know, it, it's the second end of the back to back. They are very comfortable where they're at right now. Like they could make a run and run up to like the fifth seed and, you know, play, I think the Rockets or somewhere along like one of those teams, like, but I feel like right now you're you're safe in the in the West with 37 wins over the Memphis Grizzlies, and you know you're kind of locked into that spot. So I feel like I feel like they're just like let's just get there, and we'll 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 show everybody what we have in the playoffs. Um, is kind of where I, what I'm getting at. So just gonna really have to pay attention to this injury news because it wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't shock me if we like open up this slate and like as news starts to come out that like Porzingis sits and Lucas sits. So, and that, if that happened, obviously it changes everything that, you know, you just got done talking about and everything that, you know, we're going to write up in the morning when we're doing premium content. Cause <laughs> yeah. um, we probably won't get that news until later in the day. So um, Chicago side of things, like it sounds like Zach Levine's going to play. Um, obviously, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries too. I don't think we see Otto Porter play. Maybe he does, but I highly doubt it. Um, what are you looking at here for Chicago? Yeah, if Porter does play, I, I assume he'd be extremely limited considering it was a foot injury. Um, Wendell Carter came back, played. He's on a, a pretty strict minutes limit. I think it was they limited him at 20, uh, and it was pretty strict apparently. I played 18 last game and did pretty well on them, but I just don't think I can get get to him. Um, but for me, Kobe White has been on an honest tear, so I, I can get behind playing White here in this one. He's going to play around 30 minutes with upside for a little bit more if he gets hot. So I think White would probably be my my first, I guess, uh, priority, especially if Dallas is going to have some injuries and we're going to be playing guys from there. I think Kobe White would be a good person to bring it back with. Um, you can play Sadoransky here as well, but – all these, all these red Q nose on this uh, Chicago team makes it makes it hard to uh, get my head around right now. But obviously, a few of these guys are probable, but I think White would be my uh, my first instinct lean right now. Yeah, man, like that's what that, like if Luca and Porzingis sit, like then I have a lot more interest in this spot just yeah. because I, I do think that that would open up some stuff. Um, it's just tough when you're looking at, like you said, when you're looking at this game as a whole here, it's just, it's hard to get behind some of these guys. Um, man, this is one of those ones. I hate to say it, but like, this is one of those ones that's really hard to break down the night before. Um, Cause you, you just got to do some digging. Like the Chicago rotations are impossible to figure out right, right now. Like Zach Levine would be my favorite play from Chicago. Um, and it, you know, it, again, it goes back to, that balance build that I've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Levine is definitely an interesting play and obviously he's going to be the guy here, play a ton of minutes, but we've talked about a handful of shooting guards already. We've talked about Mitchell Butler, uh, McCollum, obviously the the higher end guards as well. So, and we're going to talk about even DeRozan with Aldridge doubtful for tomorrow as well. So just a lot of guys and he's not really necessarily cheap. So he's, I think he's fairly priced. I don't think he's expensive. Uh, If he's going to be super contrarian, I, I would like him more. And, I think if this game obviously becomes more appealing with the Dallas side of things shaking out the way it could, I could definitely get behind that, but it's just tough. There's a lot of shooting guards here tonight. A lot of plays in general on this set. Let's finish it out. Uh, Indiana at San Antonio. Lamb is out. 
LMA is doubtful. Poto is out. Um, you know, starting here with the Pacers side of things, you know, obviously we're going to be talking a lot more about um, the San Antonio side of things here in a minute. Uh, what are we looking at here on the Pacers side? Yeah, you just said Lamb is out. I didn't even recognize that. And then I looked and he tore his ACL meniscus and broke a bone in his femur. That's a tough yeah, one. He's, oh. he's been out for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh. think it happened like middle of last week. I didn't, or, even, I didn't even realize how bad the injury was. That's that's tough. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, guys that I would probably prefer here is a guy like Brogdon here, 6'9". Um, Warren has kind of turned it up a little bit and scored 30 points in the last game, and the minutes have been really strong over the last two games. Obviously, he gets a little bit of a boost with Lamb being out. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the main guy for me would be Brogdon. Sabonis, you can go to here, but I think he's just priced up in a, a pretty good amount. And, uh, you know, obviously, if we do have a guy like Porzingis available with no Luka, I think I would obviously prefer that. So I think Roddy would be a priority for me in this one. From the Pacers side, I think he'd be a pretty strong play, actually. Yeah, you know, obviously, I think TJ Warren, he had a good game against Cleveland the other night. Um, you know, but man. We were playing Oladipo at that cheap price tag for a while, and, like, he wasn't doing anything. Um, I don't think I can play him in this spot. Um, I just think there's better plays on this slate. San Antonio side of things, you know, obviously let's just start with DeRozan. He's too cheap. You know, I know it's a tough matchup against the Pacers. I get it. They're a good defensive team. He's too cheap. DeRozan at 7,300 with no LaMarcus Aldridge. He's just too cheap. I know he hasn't really, like, crushed so far in this role, but he's too cheap. Yep, I I agree. I think DeRozan is a really good play. I think this is actually a pretty interesting game overall. A lot of injuries on this slate, so maybe this game goes a little bit overlooked. I don't think DeRozan will by any means, but I think maybe a guy like Rudy Gay does. Play 30 minutes, obviously, with uh, Jakob Pertl. I think he did something with his knee, so he's going to be out. Uh, So I like Gay a pretty good amount in this one um it just feels better now that he's kind of you can kind of count on him to play a pretty good amount of minutes Trey Lyles played 40 minutes last game uh it'll be interesting to see if they have any kind of um change to their gameplay now that they didn't have a a mid-game injury sprung on them but I think he's going to be in there for a ton of minutes so I I like those two a lot from a value standpoint Eubanks played 16 minutes in the second half uh, after starting the second half so uh, he might be a, a very minimum price play that you could consider, but I think I would just prefer to go to Lyles or Gay. They're a little bit more expensive, but if you can make that happen, I would just rather do that. So, yeah, I think DeRozan, Lyles, and Gay are all three really good plays, and uh, you can play Murray here in this one as well, but I think I would just stick with those first three that I mentioned. Yeah, what's crazy here is, like, when you're looking at this spot um, for San Antonio, it's not like they can necessarily go small in this game. Uh, You know, the the – the Pacers, they'll use Sabonis, yeah. they'll use Warren, they'll use um, um, Turner. So I, when I'm looking at this spot in general, I really like this spot, um, you know, for for Trey Lyles. I think that he's just – he's going to play a ton of minutes in this game. Obviously, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see if he is starting or not. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a great spot to play him in, um, at 4,800. Is there anybody else here from this game that you like? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, we'll start it off with favorite play under 5K to 7X. Um, who are you looking at here? Yeah, let's just stay in the same game. I'm going to go Rudy Gay. It's a tough choice. Honestly, I think if they'd both be in this game, it'd be between Gay and Lyles for me. Uh, Gay's a little bit cheaper, so it makes that 
at 7x a little bit easier to get to. And uh, also, I think he's going to be a guy who gets up a few more shots. So I, I like Gay. I think he's uh, not, not necessarily a safe call at 7x, but I think he's a really good value play. So I'll go with him. Yeah, I'm going to go with the fact that I feel like somebody or two people will sit here for Dallas. I'm going to go with Deleon Wright uh, at 4,600. If both of those guys play, Wright's probably a terrible play. But, um, you know, we, we've seen him so many times just rack up the rebounds, rack up assists where he doesn't need to score a ton of points um, to hit value. So I think Wright is a guy you're looking at. If I didn't make the rule where it had to be under 5K, this answer would have been very easy. I would have taken DeAndre Hunter, um, you know, but got to stick to my own rules. Um, yeah. Over 8K to go under 5X, who's your bust today? This is tough because I, I like a pretty good amount of these. I'm going to go with Vucevic, though. I think I'm going to be playing Aaron Gordon for the first time this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with it, it being a Gordon game and therefore Vooch busts a little bit. So I'm going to go with, with that. I hate that, like, I am going to go white side here. He's been so consistent here recently. But, like, pretty much for the same reasons, like, I don't like that. Like, I, I don't mind McCollum. I just don't like the 9K range in general today. Um, like, I want to either go up to Westbrook or, or Young or Harden or Giannis or go down to Aaron Gordon or, or some of these other guys that, you know, we talked about, uh, maybe Porzingis, Sabonis. So, like, I'm just – I'm not in love with the 9K guys outside of maybe, like, McCollum, um, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. Favorite 6X play, who do you got today? I tried to find someone that, you know, I, that I wouldn't get made fun of for, but I'm going Kevin Herter, man. Just love the matchup too much. If Reddish sits, the minutes will just be undeniable for Herter, even more than they already are. Um, so, yeah, Kevin Herter for me. All right, I'm going to go with Big Sexy, Big Val, uh, Val and Chunis, 6,800, um, going up here against Atlanta. We talked about with Jackson and um, Clark out. The minutes have been very consistent here for Val and recently. Let's just hope it happens. Like, this is a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, so I'm hoping that, like, they're going to – this is a game they want to go out and win. They want to beat Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't want to win these games, so – I said that the other day in Atlanta um, went out and they, they blew out the nets or something. Um, so, like, <laughs> I was way wrong. Uh, let's get weird. GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Uh, I think this is pretty weird. I know people have been playing him a, a little bit in the past, but I'm going to go with Anthony Melton. You know, he's never a guy that's going to play a ton of minutes, but around 25 is typically a, a, enough for him. He's a pretty solid permanent guy. Obviously a really good matchup. Um, a good spot for him as, as a player that he is with – who can rack up steals and whatnot. So I think he's pretty interesting. Uh, and I think he'll be extremely contrarian, even though he is in a very popular, uh, from what we're assuming now, uh, a game. So I like Melton a little bit. I'm going to go with Mario Hazonia um, as my Let's Get Rear GPP play of the day. Again, if you're playing, if you're even considering playing this crazy play, Make sure uh, Simons is out. That, that is the only way that uh, – if, if Simons plays and you guys start tweeting at me, I'm not even going to respond. Um, not listening. All right, um, game selection question, FanDuel, DraftKings, doesn't matter, cash games, tournaments, what's standing out to you today? Yeah, so basically how I shape my lineups for the day is I'll either do one lineup or, or probably three to five. And I think today's going to be a slate where there's a lot of plays that I like. So I'm going to do three lineups. And so my favorite contest is the three entry max, uh, $65 buy in NBA charge on FanDuel. Uh, I like it, you know, obviously three max, 245 people. So the field's not too big, 3,000 to first. So 
I like the payout structure a little bit. Could be better, obviously, like most can be. But um, I, I'm thinking that three lineups is going to be the way I go tonight. So I'm going to go with that contest. All right, I'm going to plug Rotor Grinders here. We're going to stick to FanDuel today. Um, they have a 100K windmill, $100 single entry series. The, these are the tournaments that I really like. Like, I really like when the single entry series gets to, like, that 50 and $100 range. Um, I think it's a lot of fun for people. Min cash is 2X in this tournament, pays 23% of the field. Really wish the top 10 was getting a little less. Uh, it's at 38.5%. I, I talk about it all the time. I really like that number around 30%. Um, I'm a flat payout structure guy. I would much rather build a bankroll over a long period of time with flat payouts than binking a tournament that is paying you know 25% of the prize pool to first place. So um, I like this tournament. Min cash is 2x. Um, Pays 265 spots out of 1,142. So, single entry series, if you've been playing it, this is a ton of fun. Um, and like I said, I really like when it gets up to these, um, you know, $100 buy-ins. Um, so, make sure you're checking that out. Uh, favorite over under, what do you got for me today? Yeah, so I'm going to go with the over on the Portland and Orlando game. You know, I, I think the, uh, the Vegas numbers are typically going to be pretty low on Orlando, but you mentioned it, you know, ninth in pace over the last five games. So they're definitely playing up in pace recently. And obviously Portland isn't a great defensive team and they, they score at pretty good amounts. So I'm going to go with that. 222 just isn't that high of a number. I think I think this game could beat that one pretty easily. So I'm going to use the sharp side app and go punch that in right now for the over on 222. Yeah, it actually opened at 223 and a half. It's actually went down a point and a half um, oh, since it opened. So um that's that's fitting like right into what you were you know kind of hoping for there so yeah i lost my streak last week i got it up to seven um i gotta start building it back i i lost my lock on friday i took brooklyn to beat atlanta i took brooklyn minus like two and a half or three whatever it was um i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna say i'm gonna lock in the over even at 240 points i'm gonna lock in the over in the Memphis Atlanta game, I just don't see a lot of defensively playing in this game, and this is one I'm going to lock in. It, it's already it's already up a point and a half since it <laughs> opened, um, so a lot of people are betting the over in this game. I'm going to join them, um, and I'm going to take the over in this one. Lock it in, lock in 240. Um, wish I would have noticed uh, it at 238 and a half and locked that in, but hey, we're going to take it at 240 and hope there's a lot of points scored in that one. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm all set. Just want to wish everyone good luck. All right, it's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back talking some more hoops tomorrow. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.